When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. The following podcast is a production of the Factual Data Creations Facility. Hello and welcome to the OFNT Podcast, episode 171, which I'm calling Para-Unnormal. Ah, don't worry, it'll all make sense later. So what do you say we get on with the show? Tech News. The reviews are in for Google's Pixel tablet, with most proclaiming that Android tablets are back, baby. <laughs> well... I'm of the opinion that Android tablets never left. Amazon's Fire tablets have equipped my grandsons for years now, and the Samsung Galaxy tablets are not only beautiful, but have a pretty hardy ecosystem as well. The new Pixel tablet starts at $400, which compares very favorably to Apple's tablet lineup, whose entry-level model starts at $329, but the newly designed base model starts at around $450. Well, that's still cheaper than the Pixel tablet, but you get 128 gigabytes of storage versus the 64 gigs the new base iPad gives you. You do get a better front-facing camera than what comes with the Pixel, though. 12 megapixel front and back lenses, and with the front camera rocking Apple's center stage feature, which keeps you in frame if you happen to be moving during video calls. While the Pixel tablet features front and back 8 megapixel shooters with no frame-keeping ability. A feature that the Pixel tablet does have that the iPad, at least for now, doesn't, is the Magic Eraser app that allows you to remove objects, ex-spouses, and photobombers from your pictures. The performance of apps is described as speedy, but has stutters now and then, probably due to the Android operating system, not the hardware. The tablet screen is described as bright and packed with megapixels, so no problem there. You can also buy a charging stand that turns your tablet into a sort of Google Nest. Again, something an iPad can't do presently, but Apple seems to be working on that if the new always-on display feature for iPhones that iOS 17 will bring is of any indication. What really irked some reviewers is the lack of a stylus or a keyboard case, but I'm sure Google will take care of that in the near future. All in all, it's a good start for Google's re-entry into the tablet market, but in my opinion, at least for the time being, the Samsung tablet ecosystem would be better for serious tablet users. And sticking with Google, 
The company's Nest Wi-Fi 6E-enabled ProMesh networking system, well, that's a mouthful, has also hit the market. Like the Pixel tablet, most reviews are positive. Besides being able to provide the latest Wi-Fi standard, the Nest Wi-Fi Pros have had, in my opinion, a nice design upgrade. The new mesh modules are a bit taller and more rounded off than the older versions. Gone is the previous hockey puck-inspired design, and they will come with a glossy finish in four different colors versus the dull white of the previous systems. The colors available for the Wi-Fi Pros are snow, read white, linen, read beige, lemongrass, read light yellow, and fog, read some sort of turquoise green. This Wi-Fi mesh system will cost you $400, which isn't bad for a 6E-enabled mesh setup, but you don't get a very important, at least in my opinion, feature. And that's a dedicated backhaul channel. What the Wi-Fi pros do is beam signals using unused spectrum on the 6 gigahertz band. This method will most likely work fine as 6E-enabled devices aren't common yet, but when they become so you'll be taking a hit in regards to internet speeds, and I know this from experience. You see, my first mesh network was the original Google mesh system. I bought three mesh units for $280 back in what I and others like to refer to as the day. I loved it for its simplicity, and all areas of my residence had a good Wi-Fi signal. Then my son moved back in, and I kept acquiring more Wi-Fi-enabled products. This overloaded the mesh network and stagnated it often, and the speeds were way down. I replaced the Google system with the TP-Link Deco M9 Plus, which was the company's top-of-the-line product back then. I paid just a little more for the Deco M9 than I did for the Google Mesh system, but it was worth it because the M9s featured a dedicated backhaul. Since I've gotten them, I've experienced no stuttering or freezing, and speeds were where they should have been. As of now, there are only two pieces of gear that's capable of using the Wi-Fi 6-band at the Old Fart household, and those are my iPad Pro and my lovely wife's new model basic iPad. When I start purchasing new computers that can use the Wi-Fi 6-standard, then I'll think about upgrading my current system. That'll do it for the tech news section. It's probably been the shortest one in the history of the OFNT podcast. I wasn't kidding when I said it's been slim pickings for interesting tech news lately. Most of the tech news that comes across my news feed these days is the same article about artificial intelligence repackaged multiple times. Tech I'm using. I finally have some new tech to talk about this week. As you may already know, both my 2019 MacBook Air and Pro are the most basic configuration you could buy at the time, and that would be 8 gigs of RAM and 256 gigs of storage space. What? Yeah, I bet you're probably wondering how I've managed to not fill those drives up over the four years I've been using these machines. Well, I don't use many apps, but do use iCloud to the max. I also prune useless files when remembering to do so. And the other night was one of those occasions, and that's when I discovered that though I've been judicious doing the things I've just described, I was down to about 20 gigs of storage space on both of the machines. In order to remedy this, I purchased a 1TB Samsung rugged external SSD drive for $84 from Amazon. This was $10 cheaper than the standard T7 because of a reason that I found out about later. Upon receiving the SSD from Amazon and 
perusing the instruction manual, which was in multiple languages with the exception of English. Now, I like to brag that I can order a beer and ask how much sex would cost in four different languages. <laughs> but English is my preferred tongue. All kidding aside, <clears throat> I came to the realization that this is a so-called gray market item, meaning that the drive was meant to be sold in another country's market, hence the cheaper price. So I probably don't have a warranty from Samsung for the drive. Now, supposedly, you have to be running the accompanying Samsung software to actually use the drive, but I found out that this wasn't true. Upon plugging in the T7 using my MacBook Pro, the computer immediately recognized the drive. I downloaded the software, opened it up, but the software didn't recognize the drive it was created for. After ejecting and reinstalling the disk and rebooting the computer to no avail, I decided to just format the drive using macOS's built-in disk utility, which went well, pretty smoothly. I then transferred the files I didn't want taking up precious storage space onto the T7. Doing this, I managed to save some 90 gigs of storage, going from 20 gigs to 110 gigs of storage. Wow! I've since found out that the software recognition problem I had is common and most users just do exactly what I did to get up and running. Well, so far, the T7 has performed superbly with no hiccups at all. On my next computer purchase, I'll upgrade the RAM, but just buy an external drive. This time, probably a 4-terabyte model. I priced out what most likely will be my next desktop computer. While I previously was going to get a Mac Mini, I've decided to go with the 24-inch iMac. You know, the older I get, the more I like keeping things simple. Yeah. My enthusiasm for fiddling around with connections and such has faded compared to what it once was. That I know if I get separate components, I'll be forever upgrading them, and my finance manager would be very, very much against this. Eh, it would start small with the keyboard, then it would be the RAM, then the hard drive, and end with a monitor. Then the whole upgrade cycle would begin again. The iMac I want to get is the base model, with the only upgrade being 16 gigs of RAM, versus the standard 8 gigs the base model comes with. I'll augment the anemic 256 gig internal storage with an external drive, as I've said previously. The configuration I chose will cost $1,500. Man, that Apple tax sure is a bitch. I'll be using the iMac mainly for word processing. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details recording and editing podcast and looking at porn. What just happened? Uh, did I just say that out loud? Uh, I was I was only joking. Entertainment news. Flop, flop, floppity flop, and even more flops. I gather I'm not the only person tired of comic-based superhero movies and rekindled movie franchises, especially when they change the basic premise of the originals. Podcast news. It's here. Well, not really podcast news. This story will eventually have an effect on podcasting in the near future. 
The headline from businessinsider.com reads, World's first radio station with an AI DJ. Oregon's Live 95.5 used a cloned human voice to host segment. Last Tuesday, the Oregon radio station announced that an AI DJ named AI Ashley would become a part-time host at the station. It, because I refuse to call an AI a he or a she, is powered by Futuri Media's Radio GPT, a company I heard samples from and discussed in a previous episode. Well, old AI Ashley will be hosting a show for five hours per day. AI Ashley is named after a human host, Ashley Elzinga, and uses her cloned voice. The real Ashley, and especially the managers over at Live 95.5, appear to be quite happy over this. Real Ashley probably thinks she'll have to work much less, while the managers think they'll be saving money in the future by not having to pay human DJs. Well, if my prediction about this AI technology are correct, both human Ashley and most of these station managers will be unemployed in the very, very near future. Odyssey, a podcast aggregator, has partnered with radio aggregator TuneIn Radio to bring yet more true crime podcasts to the world. Yeah, just what we need. Pew Research Center released a breakdown of who listens to true crime podcasts. Some 44% of listeners of this genre are women. Well, I guess the old stereotype is true. Women like to be scared. Oh, chill out. Only 23% of this audience are men. Hey, what happened to the other 33%? I guess pets are also big fans of true crime these days. I don't know. Anyway, 45% of that audience has a lower education, equaling a high school diploma or less. Well, I gotta say it. It figures. 41% of the audience are aged 18 to 29 years old. Well, I guess these youngsters have never experienced crime personally. You know, by the time I reached 12 years old, I had witnessed a pizzeria being robbed, an incident in which three people were stabbed, and was myself the victim of multiple muggings. And that was in this country. I witnessed even more serious crimes overseas while in the military. I don't need to listen to true crime podcasts. I've lived it. At least the quality of these types of shows has increased. I remember when the top true crime podcasts were usually two buzzed women reading a Wikipedia page and making bank doing so. Yeah, I was kind of jealous. Fire Daily Show host, the unfunny Trevor Noah, has landed himself a podcast on Spotify. I wonder how much he soaked the company for. The show won't be exclusive to Spotify, unlike those other ones that Spotify spent millions on and later flopped. Well, hopefully they get their money's worth and Mr. Noah actually produces the agreed-upon number of episodes, unlike the Obamas and the fake royals that just got fired. I just can't imagine why Mr. Noah wouldn't be able to fulfill his side of the bargain. I mean, I don't think he has much going on in his career. Well, I wish Mr. Noah all the luck in the world. No. As far as the OFNT podcast goes, there'll be no upgrading of equipment until I finally move from New York. I have my eye on the deserts of Nevada, but nothing is concrete yet. I'm currently embroiled in a lawsuit, and I don't expect resolution until the winter. And if you're curious, I'm the one doing the suing. Once settled into my future abode, I'll buy me an Electric Voice RE20 and a Rode Podcaster Pro Duo interface and call it a day. That is, unless the podcast listening audience catches some kind of virus and decides I'm worth listening to and drives my numbers up to the Joe Rogan levels. 
Yes, it's story time once again. With the current popularity of true crime and paranormal podcasts, I figured I'll share some strange incidents that I've experienced over my many years. Now don't get your hopes up. There's nothing really scary here. Just the weird, like me. The first thing I remember was a dream I had as a five-year-old. When I would dream back then, if I wanted to get out of it, I'd just point my thumb up and I would start to ascend towards the sky until I woke up. I know it's weird, but hey, I was five years old. One particular dream that I've remembered from that time had me visiting a weird world populated by beings who resembled anime characters, you know, oversized eyes, etc. This was probably based on all the Japanese-created cartoons that were flooding the U.S. market at the time. Now, it was a good dream, but one of these anime beings suddenly told me it was time to go home. So I pointed the old thumb upwards and started my ascent. The beings even sang me a goodbye song, which was very nice of them. What was different this time was instead of just waking up, my journey continued. The sky grew dark and I started descending, and as I looked below me, I realized that I was heading towards the block I lived on. I floated to the entrance of my apartment building, the doors of it opening for me, and then on to my first floor apartment. Again, the door opening in my wake. I continued to float down my apartment's hallway toward my bedroom, looking into the living room as I floated by, and I saw my mother, who worked the two in the afternoon to ten o'clock at night shift, and appeared to have just gotten home as she was still in her coat as she sat on the couch with my father in his t-shirt, as always, sitting across from her in his chair. What was different about my mother was the color of her headscarf. In the winter, it was fashionable back then for women to wear headscarves. My mother always wore a black-colored scarf matching the color of her coat, but was instead wearing a red-colored one in his dream. I finally made it to the bedroom, and as I floated towards my bed, I noticed the family cat lying upon it, looking up at me. I then gently touched down upon the bed. I woke up to see the cat now standing, puffed and growling at me, as if it were afraid. Well, if the cat wasn't scared, I sure was, so I got out of bed and ran into the living room where my parents were. And they were in the exact same positions I had saw in my dreams, with my mother wearing that red scarf that I'd never seen before. Now, you might think that I just didn't notice it when she left for work, but I actually never saw her leave for work because I was in school until 3 o'clock, and I came home to a babysitter. When I questioned her about the change in the scarves, she told me that she decided to wash the black-colored one, but hadn't had a chance to do so. So, she just switched them out that day. I then told my parents about the dream I just had, not leaving out any details. My father, in the bag as they say, scotch being his preferred entry into said bag, gave me an incredulous look as he lit a cigarette and turned away from me. While my mother told me that it was quite the dream I had and then told me to return to bed, which I did. The cat was lying on the bed still and she was staring at me as I laid down. The cat, who, like most cats do, usually snuggled against my leg when I was finished settling in, but not this night. She kept her distance from me until morning. You know, after that dream incident, that cat never wanted to be around me any longer and spit at me if I got too close to her. And this didn't change until I was 13 and she was on her last legs. You know, I've always wondered if that cat actually saw me floating in the air towards the bed that night. I guess I'll never know. The music is playing, so that means I'm almost out of here. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I enjoyed making it for you. If you like what you heard, you can make a donation using the link in the show notes. Any and all donations will be appreciated. 
And of course, you can always reach me at OFNTPodcast at gmail.com if you're so inclined. I'd enjoy hearing from you. Remember, don't listen to what they say. Watch what they do. It's such a beautiful day outside, so why don't you get off my lawn? Stay skeptical. I'm out. See ya! Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.